Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chester. I'm so thankful to have you here and I'm blessed and grateful to be sitting with Kent Clothier today. Kent is a real estate veteran and a massive force in the real estate industry, an entrepreneur of entrepreneurs. I know you're really going to love this show today. You're going to love this episode. You're going to love this conversation. And I want to welcome you back because it's time to take it to another level. Are you ready to do so? I know that I am. I want to welcome you back to the show where we sit down for mind-expanding conversations with influential authorities in real estate, as well as top experts in other industries and disciplines. This is for leaders, entrepreneurs, and real estate investors who have a burning desire for the extraordinary. And of course, we are going to distill that extraordinary today, right? We're going to identify and apply how the best of the best raises the bar personally and professionally to achieve not only greatness in real estate, but beyond, right? Beyond and creating great outcomes in their own life and in the lives of others around them, creating a legacy, doing big things. We're going to distill that mindset, those habits, routines, systems, tools, strategies, and so much more from an individual like Kent Clothier so that you can apply those to yourself, to your own life, because like my coach says, if you spot it, you got it, right? Because you can apply anything that you hear on Elevate and you can, you can apply that to your business. You can apply that to your life and you can take it to the next level. You know, one of, one of the things that my business partner, Brian Flaherty says all the time is steal shamelessly and improve. And of course, it's not about plagiarism. It's about finding what works, right? Because there's a lot of success that you can model because success leaves clues. And that's what we want to do here is we want to get those clues. We want to tease those out for you so that you can really elevate to the next level. This is a masterclass in leader for leaders and those looking to achieve uncommon results and purposeful outcomes through personal growth through personal mastery, through real estate investing, other ventures, most importantly, and ultimately in their lives. If you're enjoying Elevate, we are so thankful to hear that. First of all, if you're if you're loving this, thank you. Uh, first of all, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for subscribing to Elevate. If you have not subscribed already, uh, just go ahead and hit that subscribe button now. And um, because we're going to continue to bring the heat, we're going to continue to bring massive value on this podcast. And uh, if you're enjoying this, give us a rating and review. It is very helpful for us. And it's something that we certainly appreciate. It's it's almost like the fee, right? The fee that we ask for you to be here, it doesn't have anything to do with money. We don't want money. In fact, this is 100% for free. We don't charge anything uh, for you to listen to this or watch this. All we do is we ask you to pay it forward and share this with a friend. So who is one person that would really benefit from listening to this, to this podcast? Share this podcast with them. You can either copy the link, you can screenshot, you can do whatever, but it's really, really easy to share this with a friend. So go ahead and do that right now. That's your fee. If you've already done so previously, thank you. Uh, we ask that you continue to share with your network, whether that's on social media, whether you post it on your Instagram stories, whether you post that on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, you name it. Uh, we invite you to share this with your network or just one person. So that's really the only fee that we ask for you. And uh, with all that said, let's dive in because we've got an amazing episode today. Kent Clothier is a real estate veteran 
And he is also the founder and CEO of Real Estate Worldwide, which is a multifaceted real estate education company with a headquarters in La Jolla, California. And Clothier has become one of the industry's most respected and influential thought leaders. The Real Estate Worldwide educates and empowers customers using a curriculum steeped in an award-winning and proven real estate systems used by Clothier and his team. Real Estate Worldwide operates three core business units, the Real Estate Worldwide Academy, a, an online real estate training platform with 12 core courses, SMART, an online marketing platform that enables real estate professionals to access big data to create lead lists for buyers, sellers, and private money. And finally, Real Estate Worldwide operates an exclusive private mastermind for more than 150 real estate professionals that meet quarterly called the Boardroom Mastermind. Before Real Estate Worldwide, Clothier was part of Memphis Invest, a family-run real estate company based in Memphis, Tennessee. Today, Memphis Invest is one of the largest real estate investment companies in the country, having bought and sold more than 5,000 residential investment properties with another 1,000 planned uh, for the coming year. So with all that said, really, really excited to dive in with this amazing conversation with the great and the powerful Kent Clothier. Kent, welcome to the show, sir. How are you? I'm doing good, brother. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. And it's always a pleasure to have another bald brother with me. So uh, that's the first <laughs> That's the first thing. I, I, was, I ran into somebody today and I'm like, we stick together, right? We just look at each other. We know that, you know, what are that's you That's exactly you right. That's awesome, man. Well, welcome to the show. Um, you know, tell me a little bit more about yourself, kind of behind the, the public image, behind the the bio and all the things that you've done and what you're known for. But who is Kent Clothier as a man? You know, first and foremost, I'm probably a, a guy that um, is just like everybody else, you know, trying to figure out um, how the world works, how, th- how to make things happen, how to, how to create the most out of every moment. I'm extremely focused on my family. I'm extremely focused on collecting moments, collecting, you know, these memories versus going out and collecting a bunch of crap, right? Um, I'm uh, very, very focused on creating businesses that allow me to uh, live the life and, and do the things and create the impact that, that I want to you know, create. I, th- I would probably say I'm a little more intentional with my time and my energy than most people are, but that doesn't make me any better or any worse. It just makes me a little more experienced. Yeah, no, that that's really powerful. And one thing that I know that you're about that really aligns with me as well is that you say that you're living a life according to design rather than default. So could you expand upon that thought? Yeah, you know, I had a, I've had several experiences in my life. I just turned 51 here a couple of days ago or a day, yesterday, in fact. And I can tell you that, but I've been in business for the better part of a little over 30 years. And throughout all that time of trials and tribulations and what have you, the ups and downs, natural stuff that we may or may not get into in this conversation. But I've definitely learned to appreciate that you get a choice and you you get to decide either by not participating in in the choice or by being very active in the choice. Both of those decisions play a very pivotal role on where your life goes and what you get to do on a day-to-day basis and how much enjoyment and satisfaction and fulfillment you get. Most people unfortunately go through life and they're extremely passive, right? They've been conned by whether it is friends, family, media, environment, circumstances, whatever the case may be, they've got conned into believing that, um, 
you know, success or having, you know, the, the, an extremely fulfilling life just isn't, isn't, it's not their destiny. And so they just kind of fall into a very, very passive existence, a very, very survival mentality versus a mentality that I've come to appreciate that, you know, when you grab on with both reins and you decide what you want life to look like and you move with intention and move with purpose. And I'm not talking about making moves, you know, that are drastic mind numbing moves on a day, on a daily basis. I'm talking about little pivots every day, but moving towards a very specific destination that that ends up being, uh, at least in my humble opinion, a much more fulfilling experience because not only are you ultimately working towards what you want, but you're learning a heck of a lot about what it takes to, to be a powerful person throughout the journey, throughout the process. Yeah. And I love the way that you presented that too, in terms of little pivots every day. It doesn't have to be, you know, you're not like climbing Mount Everest every single day because that makes it not only more approachable, but it also kind of makes it more real and you can break it down to any moment. And it's, it's about those decisions, but I'd be curious if we could take it back a bit, a step further. Could you talk about where your relentless drive really comes from? Like, where does that come from to the core? Is there anything you'd speak to there, Kent? Well, I, I was born into an entrepreneurial family. So I've watched my father in the grocery industry my whole life, my, my childhood. And then I was raised inside of the grocery business, ultimately started a business with my father when I was 17 years old that turned into a very, very large organization. Ultimately, he retired when I was 23. And then I took it over and through a, a lot of uh, different moves, strategic and acquisitions, et cetera, ended up turning it into a $1.8 billion annual sales organization uh, based out of Boca Raton, Florida. And did all that by the time I was 30 years old. And I can tell you that that was a, it's amazing. Uh, it was an amazing journey because it certainly helped to open up what was really possible, right? Um, from the time I was 17 till the time I was 30, I don't know that I ever really had a failure anything that I would classify as, um, you know, any kind of knockout punch. Now, you know, subsequently I got a knockout punch uh, right after I turned 30 for the next two years and suffered worse than I would ever want anybody else to suffer losing basically the marriage and, and the business and the friends and the family and burn the whole thing to the ground. But I can tell you that, that when you understand what's really possible, it has a way of exciting the imagination. And, you know, it's, it's, as we've often heard, success breeds success. Momentum is, is very powerful. Um, you know, celebrate all wins. We are chemically designed that when we get that adrenaline rush, that dopamine hit, that, that, that thing that um, just ignites that fire inside of us and we feel in, in that excitement and then we actually see the results from following that, you know, burning desire and see how we can actually kind of bend the universe to our will. That's a pretty difficult thing to, to deny from that point forward. And so, although you're definitely gonna get hit, you're definitely gonna get faced with a lot of, like I said, trials and tribulations and get knocked down a lot. And you're not always gonna be successful. Once that fire has been lit, um, it's extremely challenging to ever put out, right? You may deny it for a little while. You may go sit around and feel sorry for yourself a little while when things get tough, but sooner rather than later, in my experience, you just can't deny it. It's just, it's just who you are. It's in your DNA at that point. And you want it and you want it as bad as anything else you've wanted in your life. And I'm sure that if you looked back on that pain and of that failure that you experienced, you know, back when you were 30 years old or what have you, and you know, all the things that you lost and, and, and all the challenges that you went through, 
maybe you look back now and say that there were gifts in that challenge. Um, I'd be curious if there are any things that you'd point back to say, Hey, that was actually, it was absolutely happening to me. I'm sorry. It was happening for me, not to me. Is there anything that you would say to that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's very challenging when you're in those um, difficult times to understand why something like that is happening. Uh, it's very challenging to own the decisions and the ultimately the outcomes that you created. Um, you know, that, you can't really see it when you're in it like that. When you gain some distance and perspective 20 years later and you look up and you're like, well, you know, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. I certainly wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't have two amazing uh, daughters. I wouldn't have an amazing life. I wouldn't live the way, the, the way I am without having gone through that humbling, very humbling experience, right? You know, the way I would describe it is, is it's really hard to appreciate the light without the dark. And um, so I'm very, very thankful for having gone through that because it taught me that I wasn't no, anywhere near as good as I thought I was. I needed to be humbled. I needed to get my ego in check. I needed to experience some loss in my life. And I'm very grateful for it now because as I start to go through things and, and run into challenging situations, which inevitably always come, um, there's a part of me that always knows kind of in the back of my head, this isn't going to kill me. I know I got it. You know, I may not have it all figured out yet. And I may not know exactly what the lesson is here. I may not know exactly how this is all going to turn out. But one thing's for sure, I ain't going anywhere, baby. Like, I'm, you know, it's time to buckle down and just get it figured out. And so that's really, that's a, that's a huge gift. Because I think that a lot of people, especially when they get into business, uh, have these, they're very delusional, right? They believe, in their, whether it's a, a product of social media, whether it's a product of, I don't, I don't know what it is, the, the celebrity CEO factor, but they they see the end product. They don't necessarily see all of the sleepless nights and the, all of the lost money and all of the flirting with bankruptcy and all the pain that goes along the way. And, you know, you think about, if you've ever read uh, Elon Musk biography, or you can just, you know, you can basically go Google it and you can see how many times this guy was within days, if not hours of, of uh, bankruptcy in several of his organizations. You can go read, you know, about Bezos and the same thing. Like we see the end result now and it's easy to project success on it. But um, when you're in that battle and you're fighting that relentless pursuit, that relentless drive is really, really hard um, to teach somebody, if, if, if at all. And so having, you know, that's something that you've got inside of you. You just got this faith. You just know you're going to keep going. This isn't going to kill me. If it does knock me down, I'm still going to keep going. And more times than not, that works out. New entrepreneurs, that's a really powerful thing that they have to recognize very early that you don't just get to show up and you know win the Super Bowl. You got to go through all the struggles. You got to get hit. You got to get knocked down. You got to entertain your worst fears. You're going to have to fire friends. You're going to have to lose money. You're going to have to barely make payroll. You're going to have to you know, eat ramen noodles for a year. I mean, whatever it is, you're going to suffer, and, but it's still worth it. And that's how you get to the end result. Hey guys, just a quick word from our sponsor and we'll be right back to the show. This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital and you know how much I love real estate and how it can be a vehicle towards creating any outcome that you want in your life, which is really why we created CF Capital, a real estate investment firm that focuses on acquiring and operating multifamily assets that provide stable cash flow, capital appreciation, and a margin of safety 
for our investors, for our partners, and for the people that we serve. Our team leverages its expertise in acquisitions and management to provide investors like you with superior risk-adjusted returns while placing a premium on preserving capital. Our mission is to provide property investment and asset management solutions to help investors maximize their returns by investing in high-value multifamily communities. Our philosophy is that we can elevate communities together through this process. And I want to invite you to go check out cfcapllc.com because we have a free ebook that's called The Bottom Line, The 10 Ways to Increase Cash Flow in an Apartment Complex. And I want to tell you that this is a value-packed ebook. So I want to, want to invite you to go check that out right now at cfcapllc.com. I think you're going to get a ton of value just from reading this, whether you apply it to your own business or whether you educate yourself further on what it would look like if you invested with CF Capital. So go check that out at cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com and enjoy the rest of the show. It's almost like, you know, paying the tuition, right? You know, you have to go through that to get to the other side. And, and it's so much easier to have this conversation now to look back and say, well, yeah, of course, you know, it was happening for me and not to me. But I know that you are, I'm sure you had to battle your mind, right? You had to battle that internal voice as well as all the people that doubted you and that said, hey, you oh, know, I mean, I'll go you, and tell you straight up that I was suicidal when I was going through it. I mean, it was a, it was really? as dark as I've ever been in my entire life. And, you know, I've shared that story before, but it was, it was, um, you know, when you go from making millions and millions and millions of dollars and having never, ever experienced any kind of failure whatsoever and being the rock star inside of a niche industry uh, where I owned, you know, our company owned basically 40% of the market, being at the top of that ladder. And then over the course of 22 months, basically going as far down as you can all go, losing every dollar. Um, by the way, no drugs, no alcohol, no, nothing like that. This was all just poor business decisions and just tumbling and this snowball effect going, 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 and getting all the way down to the abyss. I mean, that's a very lonely um, spot. And it is in when, you, you know, the, the harder the fall and the, the farther the fall, the more severe mentally, at least in my opinion, it, it, it hits you, right? I mean, when you're on, when you are at the top of the mountain, and suddenly you're at the bottom of the ocean. That's a that's a that's a pretty far, um, that's a pretty far fall, and that's a pretty far hill to get back up and start trying to figure out a way to climb back up. And none of none of that was easy. I can assure you, none of that was. I mean, there was lots of lots of pain, lots of discomfort, lots of um, entertaining your worst fears for sure. But you know, again, I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't you know just stuck with it and kept going. Yeah. And what, what would, if you had to go back or if you could go back and give your younger self advice, is there anything in particular that you would tell your younger self? Um, you know, I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't change anything. I, I'm very grateful for, look, I was clearly taught to be um, a really good entrepreneur. I mean, you don't run a $2 billion a year company by the time you're 30 years old by being a you know, a clown. So I can't deny that experience of, of what I went through to get to that point. Equally, I wouldn't be here today if I hadn't lost everything and then forced to start over and forced to get into a new industry and forced to learn a new skill and forced to apply things differently and look at my family and my time and my, and my marriage and all these things very differently. All those things helped to shape me good and bad to where, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I sit here today as a guy that's really proud of the guy I am. I mean, I, the, the only probable thing I would uh, potentially tell myself would be along the lines of, of you know, investing, um, understanding sooner the power of compounding interest and the power of, you know, making long-term strategic investments that um, are just uninterrupted compounding interest. Those are really powerful tools that I was never taught as a young man that I think that you know, as a businessman today, when if anybody's listening to this, do yourself a favor and go educate yourself very quickly on how to get into investment vehicles that are uninterrupted, compounding interest, because the clock's going to move regardless. You know, if you go throw, you know, I'll give you a, I'll give you a really good example. I'll just pull it up on my on my calculator here. So this is how passionate I am about this right now. <laughs> like this is. So if I go, if I go and if I, for somebody that's listening, if you just go put a hundred thousand dollars and you have it in the bank and you added five thousand or you added $500 a month to it and it simply earned a measly 10%, which we would never even do a real estate deal that didn't earn more than 20%. So I put in, you're 20 years old and you just do that. $500 $500 a month, start with a hundred grand, go put it away. It only turns into $17 million. That's it, right? huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you want to get rich, get your money to, to start working for you. That would be the advice I'd go back to myself. Everything else I'm extremely grateful for. Oh, that's awesome. And obviously you have done that, right? You've gotten into real estate. You've gotten into real estate in a very big way. So let's talk about that. And and actually maybe we could retrace the steps. I mean, from the pivot of that failure, because also failure was the feedback that has given you all the tools. And I would imagine many of the tools that you have applied in such a better capacity as you've grown as an entrepreneur, as an investor in all these ways. And maybe I'm making some assumptions there, but let's talk about the pivot. And then let's, 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 you know, talk about real estate and the compounding, the uh, never interrupting fashion of the compound effect there. So talk about the pivot and then then we'll go there well the pivot was is that i had no options i mean i had burnt every bridge i had burnt every relationship to the ground in a previous industry right so i I was left and i'd never gone to college uh so i wasn't in a place and i was out of money and so i was in a place where um it was pretty black and white for me either i had to figure out how to do something else um i knew i was never going to be the guy that was a tradesman or you know, I, I just been way too high and understood my potential. That, that was never going to be me. I wasn't going to be a guy that was out there becoming an electrician or a plumber. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It just, I knew that I wasn't going to be that guy where I was mentally. And so I saw a late night infomercial for real estate investing. Didn't know one thing about it. Went down to an event, uh, saw what was going on, got pretty excited about it invested a thousand dollars in a course, quite frankly, a thousand dollars that I really didn't even have because I was down to about $4,000 in the bank and um, was just motivated enough to apply exactly what I was taught to do. And in a little over 30 days, did my first deal, made $8,000 wholesaling a piece of real estate. And I was off. I mean, I, I understood fundamentally how to go and create uh, money out of thin air. And which was very similar to what I'd done in the grocery industry. The grocery side of the business I was in was an arbitrage business where, so we didn't buy, we didn't make anything. I basically bought a truckload over here at a discount and I sold it over here at a markup and arranged for the transportation and made money on it. Um, 
So wholesaling houses was a very similar business model for me. So I gravitated to it very quickly, uh, fundamentally understood exactly what I needed to do, got really good at it. And then over the course of the years, not only did I get good at it from a transactional standpoint, got good at it from a system standpoint, it started uh, bringing, I was the first guy to bring data into the, into the world, right? I went out and I figured, I, I introduced a way that I was going to finding cash buyers in markets and introduced the first cash buyer fee back in 2008, which is very common now, but back then nobody had even heard of some, such a thing. Did the same thing on how we were figuring out how to find vacant properties. Did the same thing how we were finding private lenders. So I, I was using data. And by the way, I'm not a software guy. I'm just an entrepreneur. I just would hire go, people to go take something I was doing manually and now go automate it. And um, so they were creating these automation tools that ultimately now, not only am I doing real estate, am I sitting here doing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of houses, but now I've got this software over here that people are wanting to license from me and buy from me. Before I knew it, now I'm in the software business and have tens of thousands of clients that are buying our products and services over here. And then ultimately that led to education and coaching and masterminds and you know, it just goes on and on and on. And so now, you know, we have our investing business, REI Nation, that does about 900 transactions a year uh, in nine markets. Works from, with uh, real estate investors from all over the all over the world. Um, basically, buying, we buy the property, we rehab the property, we put a performing performing tenant in place and then sell it as a performing asset to an investor and then stick on and manage that asset for them. So we manage about 7,500 properties, sell about, like I said, eight to 900 a year, uh, new properties. And then we have our software and education side of our business and training side of our business. So again, we've got, you know, a little over 60,000 students around the, around the world that we provide tools and provide training and provide coaching and all that kind of good stuff too. And then all of this kind of just, evolved. None of this was a master plan. It was just designed to look, we are unconventional. My unconventional way of approaching the real estate business just happened to produce opportunities for people that they hadn't seen before. I was taking something I'd done in the grocery industry. I was now applying it to the real estate industry and it created a, a created a buzz. It created an opportunity. It created things that, that people had never seen before. And then from that point forward, I just became very, very passionate about simplify the process, like make this attainable, make this easy for somebody. You know, somebody's sitting out there struggling like I was, somebody's trying to figure out how to go and make a five or 10, you know, five or $10,000 would make a huge difference in their life. You know, like, like the $8,000 check that I just uh, done. So I'm, I'm extremely passionate about you know, opening doors and waking people up and helping them understand that not only is the opportunity real, but all the tools and technology and training is so accessible today versus when I got started that not only is it real, it is highly tangible. It is right in front of you. If you will apply yourself, I mean, these, it has never been easier to get into the game. I love the innovative thinking and the disruptive thinking that you brought from that, you know, from that previous life. And is that where the, the concept of reverse wholesaling came from? Was that from the, the grocery? Exactly right. So I, I came grocery. from the grocery industry. I had done the yeah. same thing, you know, keep in mind, go back and, uh, and understand that for me to effectively take over this billion dollar company at 27 years old, that was a huge risk that, that these guys were taking on me. And the reason why they had taken that risk on me when they acquired my company is because I was just so uh, naive to ask the question, well, why the hell does anybody do it this way? I don't, I don't get it. Why, why would we not just do it this other way? Right. I was just, 
you know, call it naive, call it cocky, call it whatever you will. Like we're, we're highly inquisitive when we're young, right? When we get all that stuff is slapped down by friends and family and environment and media. And like, don't ask questions, just do what you're told. Right. And I was just always encouraged to keep asking questions. And, and so out of that um, came a new business model, a business model that when I took over the business was doing $800 million a year and in less than three years was doing 1.8 billion. Um, so a billion dollar idea was, how about we just go ask our customers what they want to buy, how much they want to pay for it, where they want us to, to deliver it to, how many they can buy, how fast do they need it? Like get all the information. And then won't we just go work backwards from there? Because if I know that this guy wants to buy a hundred trucks of Charmin tissue, um, my life gets infinitely easier to go create that opportunity than for me to go try to find one of 40,000 items in a grocery store and say, hey, do you want this? 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 Just tell me what you want. And then let me go the other direction. And so, yeah, we brought that same philosophy into real estate wholesaling specifically. Nobody ever heard of such a thing. Um, but now, you know, hundreds of thousands of transactions later and tens of thousands of students later, I'd say that it's been proven to be a wildly successful business model. I love that. I love the question and how, how really simple it is. It's like, well, why do we have to do it that way? Or why is it done that way? And really, you know, questioning conventional wisdom because there's so much conventional wisdom out there that's no longer relevant, right? Let's challenge authority. Let's challenge the way that we do how things, much right? The real estate space has changed in the last five years alone. Totally. In just the last five years. I mean, it is completely different. Or, oh, so let's just go back 10 years. I mean, when the, when the recession hit, um, hedge funds weren't buying houses, right? That's, that's no. part of the reason why we had the foreclosure glut is because there was no way to get through all these houses, right? So hedge funds weren't buying. Um, open door, offer pad, Zillow, all the iBuy, none of that existed. Um, none of the kind of technology exists where you could easily go on and find cash buyers, find private lenders, find you know, distressed properties from your phone or from your laptop, from your tech. None of that existed. So in 10 years, just those are three really profound examples of how dramatically the market has changed. So if you're not evolving with it and asking those questions, then you are a dinosaur. You're already dead, baby. You just don't even know it. You're extinct. You got you to gotta get in the game. That's so true. And I've been in the business for eight years myself. And I can tell you that it's vastly different today than it was then. And, um, you know, it continues to just compound on itself. It changes more rapidly. It accelerates. It grows faster. And so I think that is the key, for, at least that I've seen, is that evolution, constantly challenging yourself and saying, hey, what worked yesterday, or work, what, what got me here will not get me there. And so, you know, with all that said, Kent, I mean, I'd love to know uh, from you, what are you seeing as some of the greatest opportunities in today's market and maybe the next few years? I mean, what are you seeing in terms of real estate as being the greatest opportunities? Well, I can tell I mean, I'll just define it with my own actions, right? So I am intently uh, focused on seller finance, creating seller finance notes. Um, Fannie, uh, Fannie Mae recently announced that in their projections for the year 2021, they are effectively going, they are projecting to originate $1.4 trillion less in loans than in 2020. So 2020, they did um, one point or 4.1 in 2021, they're going to do 2.7. So $1.4 trillion by Fannie Mae's estimates is going to get yanked out of the market. Now, 
at the exact same time that that's going on, because all we're hearing about is, oh, the greatest rates you've ever heard. Well, the, the people that, and the way Fannie's doing this is the only people that can get those rates are the very best borrowers on the planet. And certainly only if they're buying their primary. If you're trying to buy an investment property, forget about it. Um, and if you're self-employed, you own your own business, forget about it. Right now, the, the, the regulations are, are that they announced or the guidelines that they announced were you have to provide two years of audited financials for every LLC you own. Um, so it isn't something that's being widely published, but just go try to get a loan if you're self-employed and let me tell you, on an investment property. Let me know how that works out for you because um, it is a brutal, brutal process. Now, if you get out on the other side of it and you provide all that data, then you're better than most. The reality of most people just won't do it. And so that creates this massive gap huge gap. So the market's going to stay steady in the number of units sold, the number of dollars sold have not inch up a little bit, but the amount of funding that is going to be provided by Fannie Mae will be $1.4 trillion less. There's your opportunity. Stepping in, buying houses, acquiring them, turning around and selling them with seller financing in place. Um, all Dodd-Frank compliant, all being handled by third party servicers, you know, all of that, you know, Super, super compliant, great paper. Putting that situation in place is a massive opportunity because if you can sit there and get, I mean, you know, in theory, just if you can buy a house for, I'll just take something across the Midwest, um, you can buy a house for 60 or $70,000 uh, and without touching it, turn around and go sell it for $120,000, $130,000, demanding a premium because you're providing the financing. Um, and if you're charging 7%, interest on that loan, which Dodd-Frank says you can go all the way up to about nine and a half, um, depending on the borrower, charge 7% interest on that. Well, think about it. If I bought it for 70 and I sell it for 140 and I'm making the borrower put $14,000 down, 10%, right? So I'm really financing $126,000 for him. His 14 goes against my 70 that he put down on it. So now I'm, I'm basically, I owe 56 and I'm financing 126. I'm making 7% on the original amount I purchased because I'm loaning that to it, but I'm also making 7% on the spread. That's a 14% return on your money. And oh, by the way, that note is 30 years. So imagine for a minute, like getting 14% interest on a note on a $70,000 investment, or it's not even 70, it's $56,000. A $56,000 investment getting 14% interest for 30 years. Um, you do enough of those, you'll just get really, really rich. I promise you. <laughs> That's compounding. That is uninterrupted, passive, compounding interest. Yeah. Um, versus rentals, because people are like, oh, you know, it's a great market for rentals. And it, well, look, here's the problem with rentals. You have the risk. You know, whether you're looking at Grant talking about multifamily, or you're looking at all these different guys. Let me help you understand. The, the person getting the richest in every one of those deals is the bank, not you. Think about it. Right? They're borrowing money at one half of 1%, if not cheaper, and they're loaning it to you at three to 5%. So they've already you know, increased, they've already basically got a 300% or 500% return on the money. And you're going to pay them that over 30 years. So it never interrupts. Probably got problems at the house, you know, like Texas last week, got the pipes burst, the roof gets blown off. That's not the bank's problem. That's your problem. Right. And so I've come to appreciate that in the rental game, I'm actively trying to change every one of my rentals into these types of notes because in the rental game, all the risk is on me. I'm the borrower, right? I, I'm, I'm the landlord. Tenant doesn't pay, house needs to get repaired, whatever the case may be. I'm responsible, taxes, insurance, whatever. The bank, 
they don't care about any of that stuff. So I'm in the business now of, Hey, I'll, I'll be the lender. I want to, I'll sell you the house. I want to write the note. You're going to pay me. You have all the responsibilities. I just want to get paid forever. No, I love it. And I, I wasn't aware that you could get away with in the marketplace to that degree, you know, those type of interest rates, you know, 7%. I wasn't aware that that was something that you could make happen. So this yeah, is your you opening month. Go ahead. Yeah, there's a, there's, you definitely should educate yourself. There's a, there's a yeah. lot of possibilities. There. It's all based on the borrower. And Dodd-Frank is very, you know, specific what you can and cannot do before it becomes predatory. And at the moment that it, that it potentially gets predatory, there's a, there's a, almost like a course that the borrower has to go through. They want, if they actually want to borrow the money at a higher rate, in other words, where they say, Hey, I clearly understand what I'm doing. You know, this is super, super compliant. This is not predatory. We're not trying to take advantage of it. What we're trying to do is get paid for the opportunity that we're providing. The bottom line is there's a lot of people out there, really good people who are cash rich, who cannot buy a house. But if I can come in and provide them that opportunity at a reasonable rate, um, and, you know, the key to making all that whole, that whole thing work is I want, I want my borrower to look around in the neighborhood and see that, you know, every, every house in the neighborhood is renting for $1,000 a month. Well, I'm going to adjust my rate to where I'm, they're going to be paying me $900 a month, but they're going to own it. That's what makes that whole, that whole thing tick. So the, the rate will vary when you kind of play with the numbers like that. Sure. But if I can get it to where sure. I'm $100 below any other rent. I tell you what's going to happen is God forbid they look up and they say, man, I, I, don't, I don't want to pay this anymore. They're going to look around at all the other houses and say, wait a minute, if I go the house across the street's a thousand bucks, I own this and I'm paying 900 chances are they're going to stay. Yeah, no, that's, that's super powerful. And I think about just a, it's an evolving strategy, a creative way to, you know, adopt what's going on in the marketplace, create opportunities, right? It's got to be mutually beneficial, but is there anything else that you're looking at in terms of an evolving strategy right now to really, capture opportunities that you're applying right now? Not one thing. Not one <laughs> I thing. love it. I mean, I mean, I, I, the reason I have gotten to where I've gotten brother is that I'm, I'm a very driven and intentional person, right? I, I am extremely dialed in on time. Um, I do not believe in wasting one minute of one day if I can avoid it. And so, um, Needless to say, you could, you could probably put 10 experts up here in the next 10 days and everybody have a different opinion about what's on the horizon. And I totally appreciate it and I'm not taking anything away from any of it. But to me, building real wealth uh, and not income is a, and there is a, that is a, there's a huge difference there. A lot of people are enamored with, oh, I just want to go make another million dollars a year. I could care less. I want to go build a hundred million dollars in net worth in the next year and, you know, have my great, great grandkids live off of that for their, you know, their lives. Um, if you want to do that kind of stuff, it'd be hard pressed to find something that is, that represents that kind of opportunity in today's environment than what I just shared. Yeah. Thank you for that. That's extremely powerful. And I'll just recommend that everybody listening goes back and listens to the, that entire section because there's so much power in that monomaniacal focus that you just described, Ken. So I love that. And Ken, I want to be respectful of your time because obviously it's extremely important. And um, you know, I want to dive into our rapid fire section. We call it the rare air questionnaire. It's all about being uncommon. It's about everything that we've talked about today. And I've just really enjoyed our conversation thus far, but I have a few more questions for you. Sure. If you had to point to, you know, we talked a little bit about education, right? It's about being aware of those opportunities. And obviously you're an educator yourself. I would imagine you also continually, you know, invest in your own learning, you know, from books or podcasts or surrounding yourself in masterminds and such. 
if you had to point to two or three of the most impactful books that you've read over the past few years, are there any that come to mind? Well, the one book that I, whenever I do a podcast, I only recommend one book. And although I will tell you, I'm a voracious reader, I probably read a book a week. But I think a book that is, that I would say has been the most powerful book for me that I've ever read has been The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. I would highly recommend everybody read it. You probably read it in two hours. But for somebody that wants to understand, um, look, you know, you touched on a lot of stuff right there. Here's the reality of it is that most of the people that I run into are overeducated, broke people. They have a lot of knowledge. They understand fundamentally, you know, the way a transaction works or the way business works, or they've gone to school, whatever the case may be. And it's done nothing to uh, enrich their life in any way because they've never taken the actions that were necessary. They've never applied the knowledge. They never went and, you know, dared to dream and dared to fight. And so I think that knowledge without a good foundational understanding of what you're really in, what you're really here to do, what you're designed to do is kind of wasted. Um, in any of my courses, any of my mentoring, any of my masterminds, we spend a great deal of time talking about, you know, how to unlock what's going on in, inside of you. Because if you don't establish very quickly um, your purpose and what, you know, like I was talking earlier, ignite that fire, then you're going to be one of those overeducated, broke people. And so The Alchemist is a really good book that, that kind of has an aha moment where you just sit there and you're like, oh my God, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've got everything I need. It's inside of me. Like, I just got to go. I got to do this. I got to actually get out of my own way, stop thinking about it and start being about it. And to me, that's a really powerful lesson that everybody should learn before they do anything else. I totally agree. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a great book, first of all. So we'll put a link in the show notes. And it's a great lesson that you just shared because, you know, it's a lot of times you, you listen to a podcast and you say, well, I just need to get that another piece of information or I just need to read this book or I need to watch that YouTube video or I need to go to that conference or what have you. But at the end of the day, maybe there's a fear voice that you're really not listening to and you're not going through. So it's about take action, right? What do you learn and what do you apply? At the end of the day, it's about application. I don't know about you, Ken. But for me, it's like knowledge, that's not power, like application experience, you know, results, that's real power. What do you think? Well, I mean, think about it like this, you know, you, you brought up podcasts and books and whatever, how insane would I sound dude? If I said, Hey, I want to, I've watched every YouTube video. I've listened to every podcast I've watched, you know, I've read every book on becoming a great MMA fighter and put me in, baby, get me in the middle of the ring. Let's do this. I think I've yeah. read Right. Right. And, and, you know, but people do this all the time when it comes to business and in life, they're like, well, I've, I've gotten enough in information out here. None of it matters unless you apply it. I mean, you will never learn anything until you get in the ring. You're never, you know, you're going to have to get choked out a few times. You're going to have to get your nose bloodied. You're going to have to get a few black eyes. You're going to have to get, and then what's going to happen is after you get done with that round, you're going to go back to the corner and the coach is going to tell you, you missed this, you missed this. We work on this technique. Okay, next week, you know, that is what the life of an entrepreneur is really like. When you've got somebody in your corner that's, that's helping you anticipate the punches, but not taking away from the fact that you still got to take the punches, um, that's how you get to the, to the next level. You're never going to get there by continuing to educate yourself uh, thinking that there's some elusive finish line here. And now I'm ready to go do something. It doesn't work like that. You've got to get in the game. Get in the game, my friend. I love it. What's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis, Kent? 
Um, you know, I have conversations like this. I, I surround myself with um, extremely powerful people. I'm, I, you know, I, 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 it's not lost on me that, that I count people that are friends and colleagues like, you know, Roland Frazier, Jesse Itzler, uh, Ed Milet, uh, Steve Weatherford, Bedros Koulian, you know, people that I, uh, Dan Fleischman, uh, Joel Marion, people that I have a ton of respect for and that will be honest with me. And, um, you know, we are all a product of the people we surround ourselves with. So the things I do on a daily basis is I make sure that I'm surrounding myself with uh, people and conversations and opportunities that matter, not frivolous nonsense. You know, I just don't have time for it. And I won't, and that on top of the fact that if I'm not inside of those conversations, I am uh, 100% trying to be singularly focused um, on one of two things, either on business and creating impact in the world or on my family, right? Uh, I'm very, very diligent about making sure that uh, I understand that the clock is ticking, baby. And it, yeah. it, it doesn't stop for anybody. And so I'm, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna sit around and get into superfluous nonsense that doesn't serve me or where I'm not serving somebody else. That's so good. And I love that you brought up, you know, really just about the people that you surround yourself with. And that's how you elevate your life on a daily basis, because really it leads into my next question, which is what's the biggest way that you elevate others around you? Um, the same, right? I take it very seriously that um, to be somebody that is not afraid to rattle people's cages, not afraid to be very blunt and, and forthcoming. Um, I might be a little too raw and uncut and uncensored for some, some likes, but some people, but I can tell you that it all comes from a place of that, uh, not of hostility, but of empathy and wanting you to wanting people to get to a result as fast as they can, not, not sit around and get conned into believing that they'll get to it next week, next month, or next year. Cause that's a very slippery slope. I, um, I, I, you know, whether it is through our boardroom mastermind, whether it is through some of the live events we put on whether it's through some of our coaching programs or Facebook groups or what have you, right? There's an opportunity to create impact almost on a daily basis. You just got to be open to it and understand that your unique experience and your unique wisdom is valuable to somebody. Somebody's looking and it might be as, as you know, it might feel silly, uh, but it might be as something as, as subtle as an Instagram story. I posted an Instagram story yesterday about my struggle back in the day, 30 years ago. And, and my comments just got blown up with people. Hey, I needed to hear this today. This is exactly what I want. I'm, you know, I'm going through a really dark time. Thank you so much for sharing. So you never know how that's going to manifest, but you got to keep putting yourself out there and just believe that somebody out there needs to hear the information you're willing to share on a daily basis. Yeah. And Kent, I just want to acknowledge you because you do emanate the fact that, you know, like your tagline, like the time is now you emanate that because you show up and say, look, let's get to the result. And it's not out of, Hey, you know, I'm better than you are. I want to be intense. It's just, you have a desire to bring the best out of people and you want to bring the best out of them as quickly as possible, which is an amazing thing because of what you just said before you said, look, the time is ticking. My time is ticking. It's not going to be forever. So let's maximize what we have now. And I just appreciate you, man. I really do. Uh, I really want to honor you. And uh, this has been an amazing conversation. I really appreciate you taking time. Is there any parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you share with Elevate Nation today? No, I just echo exactly what you just said. I mean, that we, we live it, we breathe it. And, and the time is now. Be, be very, 
don't, you know, be very stingy with what you, what you've got. It's a very precious resource. It's really the only currency you've got. So, so use it wisely and use it very, uh, in a very intentional and profound way. You have everybody that's listening or watching this has the ability to create massive impact inside of their own lives, but you're not going to get there by checking out and acting like time is on your side. That's extremely irresponsible. It's just not just go, just go as fast. I mean, look, as we're sitting here today, think about it, you know, it's kind of sobering, but as we're sitting here today, recording this tiger woods was in a car crash yesterday. Right. And he's rushing off to go uh, play golf with Drew Brees and somebody else. And, you know, in an instant, instant, his life changed again, right? Completely shattered right leg. He's going to clearly he's going to have to have all kinds of surgeries, lots of recovery time. Who knows if he'll ever even play golf again. But as, they, as they're reporting today, it could have uh, it could have been much worse. And he was in a car that didn't have all the airbags and everything around him. It was a type of accident where he probably should have died, but the car was just super safe. My point in sharing that is that look, that stuff happens every single day, millions of times a day, all over the world. And you get a chance right now. This is the moment. This is the chance. This is that opportunity directly in front of you. This podcast is that. And so to not take something out of this and go and apply it immediately and tell yourself, well, I'll just make notes and I'll come back to it. I'll listen to it later. Whatever. That's just, you're, you're acting like tomorrow is promised. You're acting like you're going to be in the same position you are today. And that is just not true more times than not more times than you'd ever care to mention. I can tell you that. Kent, that's an amazing way for us to wrap up today. And it's such a great reminder. My goodness. Um, thank you for dropping a bomb on us. Thank you for dropping the mic because, man, I'm ready to run through a brick wall. I know Elevate Nation is too. And I want to encourage Elevate Nation to really dive into Kent and what he's doing. Get to know you know, Kent Clothier and his team. Go to reww.com. Of course, we'll put links in the show notes of where you can find Kent on all the different social media platforms and what have you. But Kent, my man, what an amazing, amazing afternoon with you, my friend. Thank you so much for being on the show. You got it, brother. Thanks for having me. Take care. Absolutely. Elevate Nation, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.